thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to introduce this wonderful, amazing powerhouse of a guest. Her name is Felicia Miller Johnson. She is a smart coach. She is a modern mystic and an ascension guide. And I'm so excited. Um, for those of you who are listening, you can't see my excitement, but you can hear it and you can feel it. I know you can. So Please join me in welcoming Felicia. Hello, Felicia. <laughs> How are you, girl? I'm good, girl. How are you? It's so I, nice to have you here. <laughs> yes, I'm doing well. Excited to connect with you and chat things up and then, you know, encourage some of your, your listeners as well. Thank you. Yes. Today we are going to be talking about imposter syndrome, what it's like to be um, living from a place of living like a fraud or feeling like you're a fraud. And I'm so excited to hear your transformation around this and your perspective around this because so many of us struggle with feeling inauthentic or the ability to step into our full authenticity and I, oh, I got goosebumps. I'm so excited for you to share. Yes, that's people. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited for you to share. So if you would like to start by telling us a little bit about you, a little bit about your journey, how you got here in this moment, and uh, from there. Absolutely. So I was born in Alabama, and when I was about a year old, my dad joined the military. And that began our journey from moving around from place to place. So I've lived in the South, lived in the East Coast, Hawaii, like all these various different places which have brought knowledge and experiences. But during my growing up stage is where I also encountered imposter syndrome. For those, you know, this is an audio podcast, so you're not able to see me, but I am an African-American woman. And so very early, I was, it was ingrained programming that, you know, you have to be twice as good. You always have to be on your A game. And I just had this expectation that I always had to be smart. Hence, my nickname in the family was Brain. And to describe what that may be like now today, think of, I was like YouTube, Siri, Alexa, like all of that roll into one. X brain, she can figure it out. X brain, X brain. And so, with that, came these expectations to perform and do well, which I did. Which, in time, it served me well. Right, I had successes. You know, high, you know, careers was was doing well. But then, add to that, I get married. Add to that, I have two kids. Add to that, I'm now living with my mom, so we're a three-generational home. Add to that, now I'm going to become this solopreneur. And so all of these different things really overwhelmed me. I had work-life stress, and I was literally stopped in my tracks, so to speak, in the sense of I'm driving down the road, and I have my come-to-Jesus moment. This is where it says, you know, Jesus, take the will. I, like, put my hands up and was like, okay. You're going to have to help me. You're going to have to show me. And from there is where I really began my spiritual awakening process because in the midst of that, a truck appears and on it, white, just right in front of me that says, you know, be not dismayed. I am forever your present help. Isaiah 4110. I'm looking around like, okay. 
(laughs) That led me to, you know, explore more about myself, learning how to what I call like to live smart and overcoming all of those thoughts and beliefs, old programming about imposter syndrome, which eventually has led me to become the smart coach and operate seven coaching today. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much. And tell me what was it like to live in Hawaii? I just, it's like a dream to live there. (laughs) It is beautiful. It's a beautiful place. It has great energy in there. Um, That is to this day why I greet people with aloha because just of the energy and just showing people, even when you greet them, how when they hear just that one word, people just like get excitement and the energy. And it's no accident that they are the number one state based off the state of happiness. And so it just goes to show you how you can even just say one word and you can be present there, have that energy change your whole energy vibe. So it's a beautiful place and I'm sending positive vibes in the spirit of Aloha that you get to go there. Is that the favorite place that you've lived so far? I think what it is is that every place has a unique feeling for me because most of the places that I have, I would say they were different phases of my life. So Hawaii was like at that middle school, high school range. South is like elementary, but now adults, because I'm, I'm living in the South now. East Coast is kind of like, you know, college and all that. So they each have different elements to that. So every place has something unique about it. So I wouldn't necessarily have just have a favorite place, but I just think people just most likely resonate with that one because of the, the water and the palm trees and the sand and the beaches and <laughs> pool dancing and all that. So yeah. Limbo. <laughs> Tell me you limboed when you were there at least once. <laughs> Limbo? Did I limbo? Oh, yeah, we did in school all the time. So, yeah, so technically I did. Yes. <laughs> Probably had limbo challenges as well. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe flexible. Some people give you like, man. I'm like, just hold back. Yeah. So, wasn't necessarily my time. I wasn't in the final rounds for sure, but I wasn't the first one out either. So. <laughs> That's amazing. So I wanted to go back to something that you mentioned about uh, the imposter syndrome and how that played out in your childhood growing up. Can you tell me a little bit more about what it is that you've done to overcome that? What it is that you've learned since then? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the first things is that that self-awareness piece where it kind of really hits you that this was going on. And for me, it happened when I was watching an episode of Scandal. Oh, that TV show. <laughs> and, um, this was the scene where, you know, Papa Pope uh, is about to tell Olivia, you know, he's fixing the situation because it just came out that she had slept with the president. And they're in their airport hangar and he's proceeding to berate her because, you know, she slept with the president and found out. And he's like, you didn't have higher goals than that? Like, first lady versus you could have been secretary of state or something like that, but you were striving to just be first lady. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of just standing there, just like, just in this shock amazement. But then he says, you know, I always told you that you have to be what? And she doesn't say anything at first. And then, you know, he says it again, he gets a little closer to her. You have to be what? And she says, you know, twice as good to get half of what they have. 
And so it was in that moment, <clears throat> me as a person that's not, that squashes the emotions and all that, I was like, I'm crying. And there was two reasons why I was crying. One was that, uh-oh, the secret is out. Like this is on a national TV show that these conversations are happening in our community with our parents and all that. Mm-hmm. Two, I realized, second reason why I was crying was because oh, I'm not alone. Like there, there is other people out there like that can relate to this and understand what this, what this is and what this looks like. But then it was like, you know, they had this little tender moment, very brief. Then it's right back to, okay, back to work. Here's the goal. Here's the plan. (laughs) And so from there, it realized that you have to realize that there is some old programming. There are some limiting beliefs that we have in our life. And then you have to go and figure out what are some ways that when that imposter shows up or where those beliefs shows up, what can you do to overcome that? So like with imposter syndrome, like one of the very first tips I say, name your imposter. And, and this is in the sense of, remember like when you were growing up and you were a kid, and your parents would be, they would either yell out like your whole government name, you know. That meant get your stuff together. I see you, like pay attention. And so it's like the same thing. It's like that imposter is not necessarily you, but you want to recognize it, pay attention to it. Like, oh, okay, you're out of your normal self, your normal being, right? And it could be something cute. It could be something serious. It's whatever it is. It's just, just name what that imposter is. And so that was one of the things that, you know, immediately helped to overcome that. And then, as we said, we started with the self-awareness journey. You need to explore like your emotional intelligence. Learn more about yourself. What does your name mean? Like, what are your triggers? What encourages you? What stresses you out? Like, learn all of those things. Because as you do that, you're more empowered in those situations. When that imposter shows up and they start talking about, oh, well, you're not able to do this well. And you're like, oh, no, go sit down. I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. So, you know, that's just like two of the things to be able to overcome imposter syndrome. Just two. Just two. (laughs) Yeah, there are one of my other uh, favorite ones is have a playlist. Get a playlist. So notice that sometimes that when you're in the moment that imposter shows up, what's going on? Observe your surroundings. And if there's a way that you're wanting to snap out of that, have a playlist of songs that encourage you. So, for example, you know, one of my power songs is by Patti LaBelle, New Attitude. I mean, it just tells the whole story about how, you know, I went from hot to cold to, you know, I, I got me a new outfit, my shoes. I'm good. Like, I'm good. I got a new one, <laughs> you know, talking about the moon and all that, like all that stuff. So it's like, yes, Patty, <clears throat> that is the song. So it just helps to get out of that imposter syndrome of just like thinking that you're less than you have that self-doubt mm. and so it's like no I'm good <laughs> would you say that's how people can recognize that the imposter syndrome is showing up it shows up in different ways for different people depending on there's like 
five different ways it can kind of show up. So one of them, depending on the scenario, so like if you're at home, say if you're a wife and you and you have kids, your imposter may show up in the sense of, hmm, you're not really a good mom. Like here you are going through the drive-through lane, getting something for your kids to eat. Here's really a good mom. You'd be over here, you know, at the natural food store buying whole organic and cooking this five course, you know, meal every mm. night. <laughs> right. And it's like, mm, imposter. It's like you are a good mom. Like you going to a fast food lane does not equate to you not being a good mother, but you start, you know, doubting yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, a wife is like, uh, okay, maybe <laughs> you didn't do the 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 checking account right. Like maybe you missed up something. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not a good wife. I'm not able to do all these things, take care of the kids and the job. Like, that's a lie. That's an imposter. Like, telling you're not able to, to do those things. So it shows up in so many different ways for different people. But it's that that belief that you are not doing enough of what you are right now. Like, mm-hmm. And it's like, you are absolutely worthy. You're absolutely doing great things. And usually what's interesting enough is that people that often experience imposter syndrome are successful people. They achieve and and doing things and knocking out the park. But because two reasons that either they had to work at it, they feel as though like that they're a fraud and they're fake. Or if they waited to the last minute to do it, it was just luck. Like, oh, that just... You know, you get a compliment at work. Oh, you did such a great job on this project. And, da, da, da. and you said, oh, it was nothing. Or it was, you know, really because the whole team that did it, did it, I really didn't do anything. Like you disregard your success. Like you're not worthy of that compliment. Mm-hmm. Which leads to another tip. When somebody compliments you, pause and say, thank you. Michelle, I really love that haircut. That, it just really accents your face. It's so beautiful. thank you yes and thank you you're walking down the street and you're like oh girl I really like that sweater that you got on that is like so beautiful where did you get that and you're thinking like oh this old thing or the nope pause and say thank you Mm -hmm. and so it's 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 amazing how we'll disregard our our value our quality in us because we think in some in some forms that we think it's a form of humility mm-hmm. it's like you don't have to decrease yourself in order to you know to be to worthy and to celebrate your success like you don't have to do that I agree I feel like unworthiness is you know perpetuated throughout our society we're not allowed to be excited about the things we're accomplishing we're not allowed to receive compliments we're not allowed to, there's so many things we're not allowed to do mm-hmm. and I feel from my own personal experience, I can, I can see so many times, you know, where I thought, oh, you know, I, I could have, I could have done this differently or whatever, or, you know, someone will say something to me and I'll catch myself. I'm like, oh, wait a second. They're offering me a compliment, like allow yourself to receive that compliment, compliment, but it ties into unworthiness and it ties into not feeling like you deserve to receive that it ties into you know all the all the little nasty little voices as you call them like you know the imposter syndrome like oh 
you she must want something if she's talking about how nice my sweater she probably wants to borrow it and it's like <laughs> you know like all, all the little you start bringing up all these stories <laughs> yeah i call them the little dramatic schematics they're like little dramatic schematic stories that are just like oh this person's complimenting you because they want something they couldn't just compliment you to compliment you you know and it's so interesting to think wow like this is the way my freaking brain has been working for how many years yeah and so breaking that conditioning uh you know in my own experience can be some of the most difficult uh processes we go through but it can be also some of the most liberating and rewarding because we I often find even even for for people you know that I meet on the street and have a random conversation with they're so afraid to find out who they are without that story that they would rather continue to live in that story than find out who they could be without the story. Yes. Cuz even, you know, a hot mess of a situation, you know that hot mess. You know what it's going to look like in mm-hmm. like you want that comforting piece. I'm like, I'd rather stay there versus exploring this new territory, which is your deeper self, your inner self, your authentic self. And so it it definitely is challenging for some people. And there are people that consciously decide, nope, I'm not going to go down that route. And it's like, okay. But for those that, you know, we call seekers that are willing to explore and go on that journey, it is so freeing. And then usually at that time, not only then you can help yourself, but then you usually wind up helping someone else along the journey that you can see. And then that ultimately does what? It helps humanity ascend as a whole. If we're all just kind of doing our own work and helping then helping other people, then we could change the world for sure. I agree. And I love how you just mentioned, you know, having the the world and humanity uh, helping them to ascend because you're also an ascension guide. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and a little bit more about what it is to be a modern mystic? Yes, absolutely. So those are big words for basically when you are on your spiritual awakening process to where it's like having someone that's a little bit further down the road that can help you. And here's how I can put this in, in modern times in a sense. You remember the movie, The Wizard of Oz? Yes. That's what it is. So it's Dorothy is landed in this place and she's in bewilderment. Where am I? I'm scared. I This witch is now like dead. Like what's going on? I'm just like freaked out. And the very first person that she meets is is Miss Warren, because I like the, the Wiz version, and she, she's Miss Warren, is that she comes in and she encourages Dorothy. She informs her where she's at. You know, she gives her tools and resources that she's going to need. She informs her, you know, people that she can connect with that's going to be able to help her to get back to, you know, her home. And so she helps her find her yellow brick road. And for me as an Ascension guide, that is where I'm at. I help those individuals that are, are realizing that there's an inner awakening. Like they are frustrated about the situation and it's like, now where do I go to get help? There's more that I know than just what I may be doing day to day. There's a spiritual aspect to this, but where do I go? And so I'm like one of those individuals that can help guide you 
to that path. And one of those ways that I do that is with the intuitive card readings. It's like helping you to see your messages that's going to get you to ultimately your your crystal, your emerald city, <laughs> right? <laughs> Back to your home. And so it's because when I was on my, you know, had that moment, I needed someone. I was like, who can I talk to? Where can I go like, to help me, you know, with this? And so I realized that as I continue my ascension process, that I just have a skill and ability to be able to come back and help people that are in that beginning journey as well, to find comfort in knowing that all is well, you're not lost, and that, you know, you absolutely can get get back home. How did you come about discovering this, and how does this tie into your coaching and what you've been doing up until that point? Yeah, it tied in because when I had that that moment I also had the abilities of clear audience and verbal intuition and so I call it God and my spirit guides were just like that message I saw on the on the truck that day they've always been there giving me these messages and so they led me to people and resources to where I could see myself who is Felicia Take away this job, take away this title, take away my like ultimately who who are you? So I began to see myself and awaken. I realized then also I had to master my emotions. I would watch them all the time. Like only one that you may have gotten was anger. But I was get at a poker face. Like you didn't know like mm, what's kind of you know. <laughs> Right. But I had to be able to put words to it. Like, Felicia, I am feeling frustrated in this moment. You know, I'm feeling jealous or envious in this moment. I'm just feeling bored. Like, actually putting words to the feelings. That's why I went through that. Then I also had to learn about ask, believe, and receive. And that's, like, related to the whole law of attraction and spirituality of, like, what is it that you want? Many times, people will tell you what they don't want but they can't tell you what they do want. They'll explain it in the the, the negative terms. Like, I don't want a, a man that's this, this, and this, or I don't want a job that's this, this, and this. Okay, you're going to continue to get more of that because you're focusing on what you don't want versus what you do want. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that I had to overcome as well, is that, okay, well, figure out what it is that you want, and then do you believe you can get it, and then allow it, like the process to do that. Then. One of my favorites that hit me was from Different World is the relax, relate, and release. I had to learn how to relax. I was a human doing. I had to learn how to become a human being, like just be in the moments to relax. You know, right. Like had to learn how to do meditations and just tap into all of that. Sit down, take a minute, two minutes. Like it's, it's okay. And I also learned how to release some stuff, like to forgive old programming, you know, hurts, all of that. And that's very much connected to back to the Aloha spirit of Ho'oponopono. So doing that. And then ultimately I realized that I had to learn how to talk wisely. And that is, what are the things you're saying to yourself, Felicia, in your head? What are you saying out loud? You know, are you using, you know, words like try, you know, school of Yoda, (laughs) there is no try, you do or you do not. So like for those that are listening, like literally go look up the word trying, like look it up, 
that word technically means hard to endure, stressful. So then when you're saying, I'm trying to lose weight, I'm trying to be, you know, better in math, I'm trying, like, you're basically speaking struggle into the situation. And that's not powerful. That's not empowering you. And so when you put all that together, that's that acronym of SMART. And that's what I mean by live smart. So when I'm thinking or in a situation, Felicia, live smart. Because we've heard that phrase, work smarter, not harder, right? But what does that mean? How, How do you really do that? But my intuitive ear told me, live smart. And so that's how that all plays out into that. And so that is what I, in those initial, that's that foundational level for those new seekers. It's like, well, how do I do this? Where do I go? Here's your foundation, live smart. Do these principles and that'll continue to get you where you want to be. I feel it's so fascinating to, you know, hear all of these um, beautiful perspectives and, uh, you know, awarenesses that you have developed within yourself, because I, I truly feel like that is something that is just lacking in society today. And, uh, you know, you mentioned how it's very disempowering. And I agree, it's what we put out there, we get back. So if we're putting out that we don't have something or that we don't want this, you know, that's what is going to come back to us because that's the frequency that we are sending out to the world. And, uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned this a few times before where your voice is the most powerful frequency on the earth plane. So if you're saying, oh, you know, I can't do this or I can't have that or I'll never get here or, I, you know, and to your point, I'm trying to do this or to lose weight or whatever you're going to constantly receive that confirmation that that is exactly what you are doing. That is exactly what is happening because that's what you're projecting out. And for people who don't understand projection, that's what you put off. That's what you emit. It's like when you cook garlic and onions and you can smell, it's projecting its smell. So, you know, that's kind of what we do with our energy and our frequencies and our, our thoughts. And I just want to speak to the fact that everything is energy absolutely everything is energy and everything has a frequency. So if you think about it, things that you're thinking, things that you're feeling and things that you're saying, all three have frequencies. Which one is the strongest? Probably the one that carries the loudest or the longest, which is sound frequency. Yes. So making sure that your your emotions, your mind and your mouth lineup is so important because we can think, oh, oh, I'm totally badass and I'm going to do this and all this stuff. And then we feel it, but our mouth says otherwise, or maybe it's the other way around. Our mouth is saying, yeah, I can totally do this. And our brain and our body are in a complete shutdown. Yeah, it's the sound. So you're talking sound frequency, the energy. So for those of you that are uh, listening audio, so go to YouTube and you can look up sounding ports and what happens is physics has proved it. If you take two forks, sounding forks, and you hit one, right, with the hammer, you hit it, and it makes a tuning sound, then you bring another tuning fork next to it. Doesn't even have to touch, just in that vicinity. That new fork will take on the sound vibration of the one that was hit. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because the energy is still going and it that's what it, that's like a visual so if you're wanting a visual of this tuning forks resonance and you will see it and it's like mm. and then there's this one that you can even look at that like well then when when people are aligned and like oh how many times have we said it we say these words all the time when you're like in a relationship right oh they were so in tuned with each other then a little later on time goes by in the marriage or something like that and they're like just we were just out of sync we were out of tune and then that saying, there's one particular video that shows you, like, if you put a weight on one of the tuning forks and then you hit it and put them close together, they no longer are in alignment. They no longer tune. It makes a wonky sound. And like, that is a visual of how the energy portrays of how relationships, like all of that, you know, we've been in rooms. I know you have, you walk into a room and you've said, mm, something's not right. Or you met somebody and you're like, Mm-mm. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, you're, that's what you're feeling. You're feeling the energy and the vibe. So then it becomes the question of what energy and vibe are you putting out? Mm-hmm. What do right. you want to invite in? Indeed. Indeed. So that's all about the self-awareness and who you are. And I would also encourage you, because we were talking about names earlier, one easy way that's surprising how many people have not done this, but that's what the work is, is that look up the meaning of your name. Like my name, Felicia, means happy. And there was a time that I was not happy, right? And I was like, I wanted to resonate happiness. There was a reason why your parents named you a particular name. But just even go like do a Google search, type in your name. Meaning, because when people are speaking your name and they're talking about you, that's energy as well. That's resignation. Like, what are you, you know, believing? What are you hearing about that? So that's- I'm totally going to look up what my name means right now. (laughs) Girl, yes, look at that. You do. Let's do do this. I need to to know. I haven't looked up the meaning of my name in a lot of years, so- Yes. This is what I love. This right here. Go right to action. Inspired action. Oh my gosh, this is so fitting. Okay, so yeah, it's it's uh, the meaning of Rochelle is little rock. <laughs> Look, and so often people refer to me as like their rock. I'm like that person that they can lean on, and oh my god, you see, <laughs> you see. But then look, see, this is how my life is, you guys. So here's the synchronicity of this. I am literally sitting where? In Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> you see how that works? You see? There's like, there's way more here um, about the name. Uh, it also means, <laughs> it also means rich and powerful ruler. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes, you are. Oh, wow. Michelle, so it's like now, you know, taking that, something, taking that power, like, yes, like I am rich and powerful ruler. Yes, I'm a little right. Like people coming to the foundation of having, you know, of relying on you. And it Mm -hmm. even takes back the power of just like of your name in the sense of like, I know when this part of the show, somebody out there has probably said, oh, bye, Felicia. (laughs) This came from the movie, you know, Friday. And in the beginning, when this kind of came out, it was 
irritating to me. It was frustrating because in the movie, she is dismissed, you know, and that's what that means. It's like dismissing mm-hmm. you, like, okay, go, go away. Bye, Felicia, right? Yeah. But I realized the energy that usually when people were saying that to me was not to be dismissive, but I had to discover what was that trigger, right? It's like, I don't like being dismissed. I don't like not feeling, you know, valued in a sense, like, or disrespected, no thing. But then the switch was, is that Felicia, your your name means happy. So basically all the people are saying is, bye happy. Yeah. (laughs) Happy anyway. So I was like, okay, bye. And see, I took back my power of my name. And see, that's how you can do that as well. So when people are speaking your name, like how you're just now all, you know, <laughs> she's all excited, <laughs> smiling and knowing. And the fact that, as we say, the intuitive feedback, like it's no accident. I'm like, that was live, y'all. Like, I didn't know what her name is. She didn't know. But yes, I'm like, oh yeah, of course you would be speaking to someone in Little Rock. Yeah. I was like, that's okay. Yeah. That's how they do. They're, they're, okay. They're funny like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so interesting because... When I was growing up, like my mom knew um, my, well, so when I was conceived, my mom actually knew what my name was before I was born. She knew I was a girl. Uh, When I was born, she knew, like she just knew. And there was actually a time where I disliked my name. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time where I was like, you know what, maybe I should go by my middle name. And I remember talking to my mom and I said, mom, I just... I just, I don't know if I like my name. I just, I don't know if it suits me. And she looked at me and she said, it suits you more than you know. And if you don't want to go by that name right now, that's okay. You will always come back to who you are. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm going to go by my middle name. And then it, it just felt so foreign to me to go by my middle name that I was like, okay, I need to give my head a shake and figure out why I dislike my name. And you know what? there was there's nothing about my name that I dislike to be honest like there's you know it's got the l on the end so it's very feminine it's a combination of uh and this much I did know it's a combination of like Germanic heritage and French heritage which Mm -hmm. makes sense because uh you know part of our family heritage is French and I also come from a long line of Germans so you know it just just sort of makes sense but I think it's so interesting how we sort of ignore you know, the frequency of our name, like our name has a frequency and like, I don't know. <laughs> it is so powerful. It's so par- okay. So what was that second definition? It was power. And what did you say? Rich that? and powerful. <laughs> okay. So that's what I thought, you know, when I'm sitting here on the screen because we're doing this on zoom and so this intuitive feedback, I, I got this message. When you look at your name on the, the screen, mm-hmm. I just read the word rich. Yeah. Oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> See how they work? Like Rick. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, mm-hmm. those, those things. And it's your name does have so much power. This even goes back to, you know, the ancient times. Like, you know, one of my spirit guides is um the goddess Isis. And back in that time, ancestry time, you know, like Oof. they have like so many names, different names. But one of the things is, is that a name was so powerful that back in that time that they didn't even necessarily give their real names because they just were like, it was so powerful that they didn't want anybody like using it uh, to, you know, 
bring harm or negative vibes to them that it was such a well-kept secret. And so that's why like many ancients have like, oh, oh, you know, this and this and this, because it was like only the special people close to you really knew like your name. And Mm -hmm. so it just goes to show you back then how powerful a name is and the energy that can come with it. And that they just, they didn't even fully put that out there to every, to everyone. Um, but you know, just know that like, yeah, just, you know, step out just like how Rochelle did go and explore and see who, who you are. And like I said, that will lead you down to this whole other tunnel, which is that, like I said, the self-awareness because then you <laughs> figure out, start looking at the, you know, the numerology, your birth dates and what all does that look like? And does it really resonate with your personality? Like you just learn more about yourself. So, yeah. Mm. I love that you mentioned, you know, numerology. I had a, um, in 2017, I had a natal chart done. So like they take your coordinates of where you were born, your date of birth, the time you were born, and they actually figure out from like the NASA charts, like where the planets were aligned to figure out in, uh, I, I guess they're called houses, all the different houses, what planets are benefit, like beneficial planets and which ones are malefic, which is so interesting. Uh, and it, it, like, it helped me piece together so many different aspects of my life. So one thing was, is that the sun represents divine masculine, masculine energy. So like male energies in your life mm-hmm. uh, was a malefic planet for me, which was so fascinating because it tied in directly. It was correlated directly to my entire life. You know, when I was a little person, like my dad wasn't around and I, you know, I had to heal that divine masculine connection. Um, and the moon is actually in its, uh, in its own house. I, sorry, I don't know what that means, but that's just Mm -hmm. what I was told that the moon is in its own house and the moon is representative of divine feminine energy. And when I connect with that energy, I am literally unstoppable. And I've been slowly, um, you know, allowing myself to like really lean into my divine feminine, which has been so liberating and so empowering. I did it yesterday in one of my workshops where I was like, you know what? Screw it. We are doing a whole 90 minutes of like pleasure and enjoyment and like living our life from this place of pleasure. And it was so amazing to like see how blissed out everyone was after the workshop. I was even blissed out. I'm like, this feels so good to my soul. Like, why are we so like avoidant of how we feel and like all of the delicious things that are available to us? Like, Again, I think it just like literally just gets rooted right back into that not feeling worthy, feeling like we're a fraud or like that we're an imposter. And I think it's so amazing and so wonderful that this is like, this is what you do. Like you help people like us through that and like get rid of those limiting beliefs. And then you offer them this wonderful intuitive guidance for when they're, you know, sort of feeling like they're at a crossroads or maybe they're hiding behind a a rock or or a boundary or something like that you know you're able to like nudge them forward and be like hey I don't know if you heard this but this is what I heard how does this land for you because that that one insight and Rich Litvin says this all the time but that one insight can be the catalyst for everything else that changes it can literally be the bomb that you know just destroys all of that old conditioning and propels you forward and I just 
love that this is what you're doing. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Indeed, well, I love that you guys are tapping into that divine feminine because I was in the same way. Like I was heavy on the divine masculine, like work, work, do, do, do. That was like, you know, the whole, and that was like part of that struggle. Like the, the because we talked about becoming the wife and becoming the mother and it's like mm-hmm. the whole divine feminine. I'm like, what do I do with this? I'm like, <laughs> like <laughs> what? So, so absolutely. So celebrating that and just bringing all that into alignment. But what also what you were just talking about resonated with me in the sense of like, you will know where your work is and, and where your, your abilities to be able to help. Cause that actually Rochelle used to be frustrating for me. See how I use that emotional word. It used to be frustrating that I would have these encounters with people, especially as a coach. And, you know, you know, you have these programming and things like, oh, people have to be with you for six months or three months for a program and do all, you have to have this many sessions, this, this, this. And those things just really weren't working out for me. Like they weren't mm-hmm. resonating. It was just like, no. But then I would have these quote unquote random occurrences with people mm-hmm. that I'm thinking like, well, they're like, oh, like you completely like just new route, the ahas, the change. That was such a pivotal moment for me. And I'm like, well, why didn't you come back for the coaching program or this, this, and this? But then that's when I realized, like I'm saying, that's not my work. My work is to be able to help people to just have that aha and awakening. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go on their journey. Now, eventually it may come back later on, but it's not my work to then be the long-term coach because there's so many people that are coming in so it's like they need to be you know greeted and supported and like okay here's what this is but for the longest you know for a while that was so frustrating because I'm like you're supposed to stay with me for like six months and it's like no they're not they're just meant to to pass through and and you help them on their journey so the way I sort of see it is you remember those obstacle course, like obstacle courses and people are like racing yes. through it and they come to the wall and they have to like climb the rope or like jump up and like pull themselves up. We yes. are those people that are like boosting them over the wall. Yeah, yes. coming through. <laughs> so you're buying me an American Ninja War Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think yeah. it's so important for people to recognize that too, that you don't always have to, uh, you know, commit to something so long-term, like you are committing long-term because you're making the choice that you don't want to live your life this way anymore. And you're ready to take those next steps and you're ready to move forward. And it's okay to just take a little bit of medicine from here, a little bit of guidance from here and create your own recipe that propels you forward. Like your recipe and my recipe may be totally different. Like you know, you may like vanilla and I like chocolate. That's just who we are. But yeah, and then even, so important. And then even as coaches, you know, let's just say macaroni and cheese. We both make a macaroni mm-hmm. and cheese, but like I said, but you might have breadcrumbs on the top and a certain type of cheese that you want to use. And it's like, you might bake yours. I know some people that cook it on the stove. So it's like, but it's still macaroni and cheese just with your yeah. own. <laughs> You know, it's still good. Just like, just yeah, like, flavor. I was thinking about that. I'm like, hmm, I could go for some mac and cheese. <laughs> you know, a little grated cheese on top, a little Parmesan, some fresh cracked pepper. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Enjoy. So, yes. Well, Felicia, 
do you have any final words of wisdom that you would love to offer to our, our listeners, to our viewers? Live smart. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, yeah. drop the mic. <laughs> Live smart. You absolutely uh, can do that. And then um, if you are interested in exploring, you know, wanting to, as I say, lay the cards out on the table, I do have a, a free reading that people can kind of explore and learn more about that. And then, of course, I'll share that link with you. But you can just even go to my website, sevenfoldcoaching.com and just click that little button that says free intuitive uh, reading. Beautiful. Are there other ways people can connect with you? Do you have social media? Yes, the, the one I'm most active on is LinkedIn. Uh, if you have there, connect with me there. And then uh, I am on Instagram and Facebook. I can tell you the one that I'm most engaged on is the LinkedIn. Okay, beautiful. And for all of our viewers and listeners, I will be attaching this magnificent woman's contact information and her website. So if you uh, didn't catch it, you can at least click the links below and uh, be guided to her and to connect with her. And I just want to thank you so much for this beautiful and candid conversation for anyone who's watching. Like, we got the glow going on. Yes, we do. Yes. Thank you so much, Little Rock. Yeah, thank you so much, Happy. I feel so happy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm.